PK brought to you in part by The Warehouse. Join the big show Friday from 2 to 7 at The Warehouse at 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom, kaboom. Boom, boom, kaboom. That's a different boom, but okay. DJ PK, it's time to welcome in David Nixon right now, BYU TV football analyst, former BYU linebacker. He's getting himself mentally prepared for a big game. David, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting myself mentally prepared for sure. Locked and loaded right now. <laughs> now, if you were playing, how useless would you be in the rest of your life with this game looming on Friday night? 100%. Uh, <laughs> no, listen, I mean, this is, this is BYU Super Bowl this year, honestly. I mean, this is, this is the big one. If, if BYU loses this one, then, you know, I don't know if they follow the rankings, but they're definitely not in talks for New Year's Six, and uh, you'd probably get resorted to a, a lower-class bowl, and, you know, everyone, all the haters can say, yeah, we, we told you right. Um, but if you win this one, then obviously the path looks, looks pretty great, although – San Diego State's looking pretty solid this year, uh, given what they've done their first couple of games. So we'll, we'll be just to see what happens there in the long run. But, uh, yeah, this, it's, it's a huge game. And you've heard the terms tossed around, maybe the biggest game in independence, um, definitely one of the biggest games in Kalani Tsutake's era. Uh, but everything hinges on this game. And the fact that you had to head up to, to Boise, where you've never won before, uh, and all the storylines with Zach and the last time he was up there and, and any of the game on the goal line and, uh, you know, all, the, all everything he's learned from there. I mean, there's just a lot of storylines that go into it, uh, which, which makes it a really intriguing matchup. One of the things that I love about this game from the BYU perspective is that, let's just for argument's sake, they win. Then we know as of right now they got two games left, and the San Diego State game isn't for another month. So all these guys who talk about college football, the Herb Streets and the like – if BYU wins, then you basically get a month of free publicity because they're not losing to North Alabama. So they're going to be in the discussion pretty much the entire month of November with a win. And college football, the way it's set up, it's somewhat of a beauty pageant. And November is all about talk. You have the games and then probably equally or close to as important is the talk. Who's going to get in the four playoffs? Who are the possibilities? Who's going to get in the New Year's Day six? Who are obviously more than four possibilities? But BYU, they can't buy if with a win all the publicity that they're going to get for the next month until they have to face San Diego State. So it's a great opportunity to get massive exposure for your football program. Yeah, no question. And you're right. That's a, that's a hand. Uh, what we're hearing is, is, you know, it's looking like they're still trying to schedule another game in there. So I would guess it, uh, whether next week or, the, or, or after the Alabama game, uh, or North Alabama game, I should clarify, uh, it, that it looks like we'll try to get one more game in there. But I think a lot of that's going to be dictated upon what happens this week. If, if I'm Tom Homo and uh, you, you go out and beat Boise State, there's no reason to go try and schedule a really, you know, difficult opponent in the next few weeks because, uh, you know, you've kind of taken care of business. Uh, so there's no reason to kind of put yourself in danger way. But if you do lose this game and you want to try to get back into relevancy, maybe he goes out and tries to schedule something more difficult, something harder that could help uh, boost your, your strength of schedule and, and get you back in that conversation. So, uh, like I said, everything hinges on this, on this uh, weekend and, uh, you know, Friday night lights, uh, which, 
you know, you heard uh, head coach Brian Harson for Boise State mention he has a love Friday Night Lights. I don't necessarily love it either, especially right now in the year where you've got high school playoffs and things like that. But, um, you know, it is what it is, and all eyes should be on that game. It's going to be – man, it's going to be a fun one. I, I, I had a similar situation my senior year. Uh, we were ranked actually eighth in the country, and all the eggs in the basket were on the game when we headed down to TCU, and we obviously know what happened there. It wasn't a great result for BYU. But I remember that week, uh, and it was a short week as well. It was a Thursday night game, uh, and uh, unfortunately it was on Versus, so nobody could ever watch the game. But uh, it, was, it was one of those games where, yeah, to your earlier question, you were all in. I mean, you, you didn't think much else that week other than preparing for that game. So uh, I assume the players in the same position. It's a short week for BYU, obviously. Uh, anytime it's a short week where the game lands, it's also a short week for the team that's to travel because you basically lose uh, another half day of uh, prep. And then you add in yesterday with the NCAA not allowing the practices, I imagine you guys have covered, uh, that hurt BYU as well. And then, of course, the Sunday, uh, you can't practice. They, don't, they won't allow teams of BYU to practice on Sundays. Uh, so really put BYU behind on this one. But if there's any positive news for BYU, you've got a very senior-laden uh, team, uh, a group that uh, has a lot of uh, seniors on the, bat, on the defense and, frankly, on the offside of the ball as well, a lot of experience. So I think they'll rely on that to have him ready, uh, ready to go on Friday. You know, one thing I didn't know about that election day uh, deal and not being able to practice until Gary Anderson came on with us Monday, and obviously the Aggies have to play Thursday in Nevada, right? So Wednesday's a travel day. You can't practice Tuesday. He says, yeah, well, the rule is you can't practice after 10 a.m. Like, oh, that's a pretty big loophole right there. Yeah, interesting. I, we didn't hear that either. Um, and so because I, I know Kalani went to get – a waiver, and he mentioned that at his post-game press conference that he was denied the waiver uh, for to practice on Tuesday. But uh, yeah, I, 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 didn't, I don't think they did practice yesterday. Maybe they did, but what we heard, they didn't. But uh, maybe they practiced after ten. I'm not sure how that all worked out. So we uh, have seen Bachmeyer possibly not play, but you know I've been following Jack Sears since he was in high school. I know the Utes recruited him. He got a start for SC and. And watch him against Air Force. Uh, from BYU's perspective, you think it makes any difference? I mean, not what after a series did to Air Force. And keep in mind that right. is Air Force. You know, this isn't a, a defense that's used to uh, you know going up against. They don't have the athletes to go up against a team that's going to air it out against them, right? I mean, they go every day in practice. They go against their triple option. Uh, but to your point, at this point, I don't think it does matter who they face at quarterback. We have Boise State. I mean, Boise State's a legitimate program these days, and they have been for the last decade or two, where, uh, especially since Chris Peterson was there. These guys just keep, they, they keep replenishing their athletes, and they, they've got great depth. Uh, they're a great program, and so when you're a great program, you've got that great depth. And so, uh, to, to your point, I don't think it does matter. I think BYU obviously will prepare for both of them, uh, but yeah, I think both of them bring uh, kind of the same thing to the table in the sense that they can both air it out, and they've got athletes on, on the outside uh, with Thomas and Shakir that they, they like to air out to. You've got a big tight end uh, and Bates. And so, um, you know, it's going to be interesting how BYU can, can keep these guys in check. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see them go more man defense uh, and, and try to bring some pressure to this game. I, I don't think you're going to see much of the drop eight like, you, like you've seen in games past. And you go back to last year's film, BYU, um, you know, had a four-man front and, and tried to bring some pressure against them and mix it up. So, We'll see what happens. I think that's another intriguing storyline. And, of course, if I watched that Air Force game. They had some injuries go down. The guys go down with injuries. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see if they come back. You know, notably, um, they're, they're running back uh, Holani. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he's back healthy. They're, they're saying he's a, 
kind of game time decision this week. So that's I guarantee that's one of the guys that um, the BYU staff is kind of eyeing and, and watching to see if he'll play. So I'm curious about the Broncos' defense. Uh, you know, defending Air Force, that's a totally different animal, right? So that doesn't tell you much about how they're going to defend BYU. And then you look at Utah State, and Utah State moved the ball against them a little bit in the third quarter. They had one good drive. They got another touchdown off a short field, off a special teams mistake. So they didn't have a lot of success, but their offense hasn't looked good over two games. Maybe it's because they played the two best teams in the league, but whatever. I, I can't get a read off Boy, on Boise's defense off these two games they've played so far. You've, got, you've watched a lot of film over your career. Do you see stuff that, regardless of the competition, you look at and say, okay, they're good at this, they're bad at this? What have you seen? Yeah, and to your point, two games this season, it's always tough to get a read on a team, right? I mean, that's what BYU was facing for the, from those first two games as well. Uh, but we, yeah, I have watched both games, the Utah State game, and of course the Air Force game last week from Boise State. And one thing that sticks out to me is, is we just mentioned earlier, they've got good athletes, but second of all, they're very well disciplined. Uh, so this is a team that doesn't shoot themselves in the foot, uh, and, and, and they're kind of not going to have butts assignments. They're not going to let the ball get over the top. Uh, so you have to really earn every yard uh, at your BYU's offense, and, and you know that going in uh, against our defense. And, and on the same flip side of the ball, their offense – uh, they don't. They don't have a lot of screw ups. I mean, they're they're very assignment sound. They're, they do what they're supposed to do. Great technique, uh, and and so you know that. And this is what happened last year when they came down to BYU. Funny how the the scripts flipped it, right? They came down to BYU last year. They were the ranked team, and BYU was looking to knock them off. Uh, this year, BYU's ranked higher. Obviously, both teams are ranked, uh, but you know they're going. BYU's going up there and they're trying to knock them off. Uh, but if you look back at BYU's game last year, zero turnovers. And, and when you're going to get the Boise State team, uh, turnovers is a huge deal. And so. Uh, BYU's got to be, I think, at least even if not positive in the turnover margin to try to try to win one up there. And and that that's even if you are the the more talented team. I mean, anytime you play a matchup like this, uh, turnovers play a huge role in the game. As we saw from last year, that's how BYU was able to win the game. So um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But uh, like I said earlier, it's a man, it's an intriguing matchup. It's it's a fun one. I, I, you know, it wasn't for, I think, Clemson. I'm assuming Clemson and Notre Dame is where game day's going to, but uh, this would be right there on the, on par with that as far as, I think, national exposure and, and probably the more, most exciting game this weekend. I remember when Bronco Mendenhall took over as head coach, and he said as far as the BYU-Utah rivalry, one of the things that he did not anticipate was the level of emotion, and he thought his guys were – I don't know if out of control is the right word or phrase, but too emotional going into the game. And it was something he didn't anticipate, and he had to figure out how to channel the team's emotions in the proper direction and not get too overhyped. Well, they don't have Utah this year, and right now without Utah State, I mean, Boise State is their biggest rival because it's been an ongoing series. Do you have any concern about being overly hyped for this game? You know, I would say in years past, maybe. Uh, and I, I will say this: it is a real deal. It is a real thing because when you get too hyped, I've been there in my career. Uh, when you're when you're that amped up, especially for the rivalry game, you're so amped up, you're so excited. Everything's you know the whole week of preparation. Sometimes your whole years kind of depend on this one particular game. Uh, that you, you come out and you exert all your energy in that first quarter, <laughs> and you, all, you got all that adrenaline pumping. And next, thing you know, you kind of hit this this high. And next, you know, in the second half, you're you're run out of energy. So there's got to be a way to kind of calm down and sustain it. Uh, and and so I, I think that is real. With that being said, as I alluded to earlier, 
with the fact that these guys, uh, you know, are all kind of upperclassmen at this point, uh, offense and defensively, and they, they've seen Boise, they've played Boise, they understand how big of a game it is. I think they'll be able to manage their emotions a little better than, than maybe uh, they would if, you know, when they went up there last time when Zach was a freshman and, uh, you know, Freddie Christensen was a freshman. I mean, you had a lot of guys playing that were underclassmen. Uh, and so I think that experience, and as you get older, obviously more mature, uh, that, that, help, that comes around and, and helps you in a situation like this. So uh, I, I think they'll be able to keep it in check. And, and what, literally, that's, that's Kalani's job. I mean, as a head coach, you got to have your guys ready, have your guys prepared, and, and try to prep them throughout the week to, to contain their emotions and, and try, to, try to make it uh, count whenever you're out there on the field and, and do your thing. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how, how it happens. I think, you know, telling Stat, uh, Greg Rebell is tweeting, tweeting earlier that uh, when BYU scores on the first drive uh, of the game, I think Kalani's uh, some crazy stat, like ten and two or something like that uh, in games, uh, and so uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of how, how the BYU offense comes out. We've seen games, specifically Houston, when they came out and uh, you know on the very first play when they got the ball through it for a touchdown, and and we've seen that last few games last week as well. The very first play was a play action to Dax Milne for a twenty yard gain. Uh, so obviously, offensively, if they come out and try to attack Boise State, or if they try to establish the run. Uh, and and you saw what what uh, the Boise State defense gave up to Air Force. Granted, it is Air Force, and they just focused on the run last week. Uh, but they're obviously susceptible to the run. So, be interested to see offensively what their scheme is and and game plan is the first drive. Whether they're going to try to air it out and put them on their heels, or they're just trying to try to establish a run and cram it down their throat. I was a little surprised in the Houston game <clears throat> that the offense became so pass happy, and the run game really didn't produce. And you know, it's a combination of well, which do you give the better chance to produce? And then what is producing over the course of the game? And, you know, they won the game and threw for 400 yards, but they didn't even rush for 100 yards in that. Do you think it's going to be more balanced in this game? And do you think that the BYU offensive line, tight end, running back included, can control the line of scrimmage? I mean, regardless of the yardage total, when I watch the game, am I going to see the BYU offensive line laying on the ground four yards downfield? Because when they are, it's usually a really good sign for anybody who's trying to run the ball. Yeah, it's a really interesting trend I've been watching this year about this BYU offensive line. They've actually really struggled to run the ball downhill uh, in between the centers. And BYU has kind of a zone blocking scheme. They, they try to do some out, outside stretch plays. Uh, but this year, against certain teams, Houston being one of them, uh, they've really struggled to get one or two yards on just a simple uh, you know, zone play uh, right at the middle. And and so we saw last week, BYU started to attack the edges. In fact, they did that against Houston as well. When they attacked the edges, uh, did a toss play or outside, outside, outside zone or outside stretch, uh, they, were, they were productive and, and got points and got yards. And so uh, I, I think BYU is learning a little bit of, of kind of what their own strengths and weaknesses are. Obviously, you still have to keep the inside running game going, uh, but they, they've had a lot of success going outside. And a lot of it also do, has to do with BYU's receivers doing a, do a fantastic job of, of blocking downfield. Um, but as far as controlling line of scrimmage, I, I, I say the same thing. 100% it's going to be uh, in the trenches. That's where the game's going to be won or lost. And the stats I'm looking at is, is BYU this year has only allowed uh, uh, five, I think it's five sacks. or they're, they're fifth in the country in sacks allowed. Uh, it's half a, half a sack a game. Uh, and I think that's going to be the biggest point. Can Zach have time to sit back there in the pocket and pick apart this Boise State defense? Um, and when he does have time, we've seen what, what he can do with the ball. When he's under pressure, as we saw at UTSA, he gets a little flustered, and, and I mean, naturally, it's going to be tough to make those completions. So um, I, I'm interested to see that. Of course, Boise State 
they're ranked first in the country in pass defense because they face the Air Force team that obviously doesn't throw the ball. Um, so you look at the stats, number one in the country, uh, you know, allowing only uh, 80 yards per game. But um, I think that's going to be the biggest one. Can this offensive line provide Zach the time? And as you lose to, can they also provide the push and the surge uh, in the run game? I think that's what uh, we'll, we'll see if, if BYU can put up the points. Do you think either team in any aspect of the game, whatever it might be, has a distinct advantage over the other? You know, we were going back and forth on this. I, I don't think so. I, when you look at the film, and once again, it's kind of too early with this year's team because of uh, Boise State team because they're only two games in, so you're still trying to figure out exactly who they are. And, and also that Air Force game, like you guys said as well, it's tough to really count it as a game because it's just such a weird game. I mean, your game plans – uh, I think when we played Navy, I told you guys defensively your game plan. You you throw out your entire uh, playbook, and you put, we installed a whole new defense the week of Navy, which is obviously runs the same thing as Air Force. And so it's just tough to use that as kind of a measuring stick on on how you're doing in the season. Um, so really, only one game into the season for if you're Boise State. And so I think it's still early to say, uh, but you know I I think both both teams are solid in all units and facets of the game. I think that's also what's so intriguing. There's not really a glaring weakness of either team that you can go out there and exploit. I mean, obviously the coaches might think otherwise. But when you look at both teams, you compare them. When you watch the film and when you watch the game, uh, you realize these are two very evenly matched teams. And then you throw the fact that it's up there in Boise. You would think that they would have the, uh, you know, they would have the advantage there. But of course, uh, as of right now, no fans. I know they're talking about trying to get 1,100 fans in the game, kind of mostly just family. So we'll see how that plays out. But even 1,100 is not going to make a huge impact. But um, yeah, I, I think that's, once again, I think that's why it's so compelling is because you got two teams that are great story programs. Boyd State's had fantastic success in the last you know, couple decades, and, uh, and they're a ranked, a ranked opponent. And so, once again, all this gets thrown into the, into the pot, and next thing you know, you've got uh, BYU Super Bowl this week. Well, David, we appreciate a few minutes. Enjoy the game, and uh, we will talk to you again next week. Yep, sounds good. Thanks, guys.